the Major League Baseball season nears its halfway point. So who's going to take home the hardware and win the awards at the end of the year? Listen here for my picks on this year's mid-season MLB awards on this episode of Home Field Advantage. Welcome in to another episode of Home Field Advantage. I hope you're all having a great week or weekend whenever and however you may be listening to this podcast across our great country or our great land. I'm recording here on Independence Day, the 4th of July. So I'd like to again wish everybody a happy 4th of July wherever and however you may be listening. This is our first Facebook Live show in a long time, and from now on, a lot of our uh, programming will be done simulcasted on Facebook Live, in addition to wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. My name is Will Highland. This is Home Field Advantage, and for this special episode, we will be doing something that I started last year that I think I'd want to do every year, and that is presenting the Major League Baseball Midseason Awards. The reason why I like to do this is because oftentimes when we present awards in a midseason, we do it at the All-Star break. Well, the All-Star break in the case of Major League Baseball isn't actually at the midseason. Um, it, it's, it's in many cases at least two weeks after, especially this year, the 81st game. And so most teams are closing in on their 81st game this week, if they haven't already, which will mean that they're officially halfway through a 162-game season. So for this instance, I'd like to talk briefly about the NL National League Midseason Awards and the AL American League Midseason Awards, and in particular, the Cy Young Award, the Rookie of the Year Award, the MVP Award, and ultimately, who I think is going to come home with hardware when the season's all said and done. I think in many cases, it's hard to predict in any sport, but especially in baseball, when you think about how things can change at a trading deadline, how things can change at a uh, particular point in the season with a bad road trip or perhaps a a uh, less than desirable uh, result in a key division series, um, suddenly these pennant races can change. Um, and so first and foremost, I think what I'll, what we'll do is we'll start with the um, we'll start with the American League uh, because that's that's. Uh, First alphabetically, and they're the ones that have uh, performed the best in the All Star break recently. So I guess I guess that's where we'll start. Plus, my all my favorite teams uh, are in the American League, so that is where we will start, and we will start with the Rookie of the Year. And there are two candidates that are likely to win this award. The first is Jeremy Pena from the Astros, and the second is. Julio Rodriguez from the Seattle Mariners. For the case, the case for Julio Rodriguez is he's on a Mariners team that's contending, and he's 
hitting a lot of home runs. He's got 14 home runs and hitting 279. And he's playing for a team that's contending and playing pretty well in the West. Although in their division, there's also Jeremy Pena. And I'm a little biased. He's a UMaine grad, um, former Black Bear, America East standout with, uh, with the University of Maine. He's also hitting 279, but he's got a, 11 home runs. So he's not that far behind Julio Rodriguez. I think one of these two guys is going to end up winning the award at the end of the year. But for the midseason award, I'm giving I'm going to give it to Jeremy Pena because this is a guy that at least not a lot of people when you when you draft a guy out of the America East expect him to be a sensational star uh, in his first year in the big leagues. So I'm going with I'm going with Jeremy Pena here just because He's playing for an Astros team that is, again, year in and year out, competing in that division and on their way to um, another playoff berth. This second race we have going on is in the AL MVP. Now, if I had to give the award right now, which is what the show is, right, the, uh, you know, the MLB Midseason Awards, uh, it's Aaron Judge as the MVP, and it's really hard to debate it otherwise. Uh, he's got 29 home runs, he's at 981 OPS. He's playing on a Yankees team that's on pace to, um, you know, be one of the most successful regular season teams of all time, no matter what happens in the playoffs. Uh, he is arguably their best player among many this year. Look at all those guys around that team that are having great years, whether it's Jamison Tallian in the um, in the pitching staff or. You know, Matt Carpenter having a resurgence or, you know, that, that closer they have that stepped up in, um, in the absence of Aurora Chapman. So the, the Yankees are just playing so well that it's, it's hard in a way to not pick Aaron Judge uh, to be the AL MVP at the midseason. That's who I would pick right now. But I wouldn't put it past Rafael Devers. Devers is hitting 325, 962 OPS, 17 home runs. And unlike Judge... Devers only has 61 strikeouts, all right? Aaron Judge is on pace to set a career record in strikeouts for him. He already has 85. He, his career uh, high before was uh, 152. So if he goes at this clip, he'll easily pass his uh, career high previous in strikeouts. And, well, what does that mean? Well, for me, that means that Aaron Judge, much like really any hitter, we've seen him be really streaky in his career. He had, I mean, five years ago when he broke in, he was arguably like the best player in baseball all year long. Uh, but with Aaron Judge, we know that he can get into slumps when he just swings at air time in and time out at bat. And so to already be on pace for a record, uh, career record in strikeouts, is a little bit of a red flag to me. Devers, we know he can also be streaky. He has a hard time with the high pitch, a lot like a lot like Judge does. But I'm less worried about Devers um, because he had he has he has the contractual pressures that Aaron Judge has. But I find that Devers is less reliant on the home run ball. I mean, for for a guy who's hitting 325. I mean, he only got 17 home runs compared to Judge's 29, uh, you know, but Judge is only batting 282, so he's batting like almost actually over 40 points below Devers, and so Devers isn't as reliant on the home run ball as someone like Judge, 
And so he has, in my opinion, he won't he won't be as streaky as a hitter as someone like uh, someone like Aaron Judge. Now for the AL Cy Young, there's a ton of candidates, but in my opinion, so far, if I was giving out the award this week, it'd be to Shane McClanahan. Shane McClanahan from the Rays is nine and three with a 1.74 ERA, 0.81 WHIP. 133 Ks. He broke into the big leagues last year. Was key was a key contributor for the Rays in the uh, in the second half of the season and heading toward the playoffs. He is a hard thrower, but he knows how to pitch as well. He's not just up there throwing smoke. Um, and and to me, I think he's a really bright star. And this is all without the Rays' best pitcher. So I think he's established himself as the ace of that team uh, in the first half of the year, and that's who I'd give the AL Cy Young Award to if the season ended today. Um, there is an argument to be made for Justin Verlander or Logan Gilbert. Um, they have the wins. They have the sort of on-mound success. Um, but the stats really are in McClanahan's favor. Um, and so for that reason, I'm going to go with Shane McClanahan as the AL Cy Young Award winner. All right, now for who's going to represent the American League in the World Series and who's going to make the playoffs for the American League? In my opinion, there are seven or eight teams that are competing right now. You have the, you have the Astros, the Yankees, the Twins leading their division. You also have the Cleveland Guardians hanging around. Um, and you have the Blue Jays, Rays, and Red Sox beating each other up for second place in the American League. So, I think New York's going to win the American League East. I think Houston's going to win the West. I think Minnesota is going to hold off and win the Central. Again, as I said, a lot can happen over the course of the second part of a year. Then I look at this American League East, and I think all three teams that aren't in first place, Toronto, Tampa, Boston, I think all three are going to make the playoffs. When they expanded the when they expanded the playoff picture to six teams, the AL East was jumping for joy because they knew that there would be at least two teams making the playoffs in that division, probably three, and in this case four. Now, I think the pressure is really on Cleveland, maybe Seattle, um, to make a push. And maybe even the Angels, uh, although they were playing wretched earlier in earlier in June, uh, and fired Joe Madden as a result. But I think that the the pressure is on those other teams to see if they can compete with the AL East, because we what we know about the AL East is that the Yankees are probably going to win the division, and we know that those three teams are going to beat up on each other. So if the Red Sox win two out of three from the Rays and then maybe lose two out of three from the Blue Jays like they just did, then, you know, that sort of comes out in the wash if the Blue Jays then lose two out of three to the Rays. You know, so I think these teams are going to end up beating up on each other, but ultimately at the end of the year, they're still going to be good enough because they're going to beat the Clevelands of the world, the Seattles of the world, the Angels of the world as they head toward the postseason. But if I had to pick who's going to win the pennant, there's one team right now that scares me, 
beyond the Yankees and it's the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays have firepower, right? Vlad Guerrero Jr. That's a guy who I didn't even mention in the AL MVP discussion. He's having a hell of a year as well. So Vlad Guerrero Jr., you know, and then you start looking around and you see George Springer's having a great year. You see Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette, some of their young guys playing really well. Teoscar Hernandez is a stud. You know, you look at um, the, uh, their their third baseman there, Matt Chapman. Um, you know, I, I think all these guys can rake. They're playing in a hitter-friendly park. Uh, you know, they're playing in a division that's you know, tough. But I think the Blue Jays have a great pitching staff. We'll see if Gosman's injury ends up being uh, detrimental long-term. Uh, but I really like what the Blue Jays are capable of doing. Um, and so for that reason, I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually the Toronto Blue Jays that win the American League. So that's my dark horse uh, American League pick. I'm not a huge believer in the Twins. They don't play well in October. Uh, Houston, we know they've been there, done that. Um, as recently as last season in terms of winning the American League, so you never rule them out. Uh, but I'm looking at I'm looking at the Toronto Blue Jays. And we'll see what happens with the Red Sox and the Rays, teams that have been on the precipice the past few years. Uh, Red Sox are battling, battling a lot of injuries uh, right now, especially in their pitching staff. Um, but I, I look at I look at Toronto and I say if they can if they can weather the storm here, uh, they have a tremendous home field advantage up there, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they end up winning the American League. All right, over in the NL. All right, so I got to admit, I don't watch a lot of National League baseball. Um, I, I I just don't. I, I watch pretty much American League only. But from what I understand, the Rookie of the Year candidates are pretty strong in the National League as well. Mackenzie Gore, pitcher from the Padres, he's having a great year. Striking out a lot of guys. A lot. I think he's averaging a strikeout per inning. His whip is really well for a rookie. He's not walking a lot of guys. His win-loss record isn't sexy. It doesn't jump off the page. It's only 4-3. and three. But then again, he's playing for a Padres team. There's a lot of veterans, too. And uh, I think he may he might have started the season sort of along for the ride, uh, but has quickly become an all-star candidate and for sure a Rookie of the Year candidate. Over in St. Louis, I think Brendan Donovan's hitting 296. He's a rookie, 819 OPS. He's part of a greater lineup um, that's producing. Um, you know, they, they're they're doing the Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols uh, retirement tour this year. Uh, but I think the St. Louis Cardinals have higher aims than just celebrating two of their own. I think for I think for the for the Cardinals, uh, it's World Series or bust in many in many ways. And so I trust. I trust this team, um, and and for Brendan Donovan to be a rookie and to be a part of that, to be a part of that lineup is uh, tremendous. And so for now, I sort of have to give it to Brendan Donovan, um, but Mackenzie Gore, if he continues what he's doing in the second half of the season, uh, he he might even end up with a case for the Cy Young in addition, in addition to uh, the Rookie of the Year, you never know. Uh, but over, speaking of, you know, we're talking about the Cardinals with Brandon Donovan. In the MVP race, in my opinion, it's straightforward Paul Goldschmidt, and there's not much else to debate. Uh, he leads the NL in slugging, 
runs, OPS, hits, average, and on base. And he's like maybe fourth or fifth in home runs. And the only reason why he's so low in home runs is because Pete Alonzo and, um, oh gosh, I forget who else was on that list. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Pete Alonzo is hitting 22 home runs so far this year with the Mets, 69 RBI. He's on pace to have 140 RBI, roughly. If he continues with that clip, that's amazing. Um, so I would say Pete Alonso is an outside chance. But right now, Paul Goldschmidt, in my opinion, the favorite. That's who I give it to right now if the uh, season ended today. Um, and he's he's really made his case not just to win an MVP this year, but if they win a World Series, I'm looking at Paul Goldschmidt as potentially a first or second ballot Hall of Famer heading to Cooperstown. He's having that good of a career. If you look back, his years with the Diamondbacks, year in and year out, producing, all-star candidate. Now he's in St. Louis. He's in a real baseball town. I don't know. I like Paul Goldschmidt and his his, his opportunity to um, to win that not just that award, but potentially a World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals. All right, now over to Cy Young. It's pretty hard to argue against, against Tony Gonsolin from the uh, Dodgers, he's got 10 wins and a 1.54 ERA. He, his other stats aren't don't jump off the page, um, but you know if he close if he exceeds 20 wins and has an ERA under two, um, and even a relatively good number of strikeouts, he'll walk away with that award. Especially because he plays for the Dodgers. Problem with the Dodgers is you start looking around and there's like multiple guys on that team that could win the Cy Young. Uh, you know if you really wanted to pitch, just pick guys out of a hat. Um, Sandy Alcantara from the uh, Marlins has an outside chance as well. Eight wins, 0.95 whip, and a 1.95 ERA. Slightly higher ERA than Gonsolin, but you know, for a guy to have a whip under one as a starter, um, in my opinion, is pretty impressive. Uh, so I would I would give it to Gonsolin right now if the season ended today. Uh, but ultimately, I think I think it's still wide open, much like it is in the AL. You know, you look over at the AL and. You know, you can make a case for Logan Gilbert or Alec Manoa or Dylan Cease or whoever. Um, maybe even Nick Pavetta if, if, if he has a great second half. But this, this NL race is also wide open. But for now, I think those two are the favorites. All right, now who's going, who's going to win the pennant for the National League? Well, right now the division leaders are the Dodgers, Mets, and Brewers, I think it's going to end up being the Dodgers, Braves, and Cardinals. I think the Braves and the Cardinals are going to have a better second half than the Mets and the Brewers. I think the Mets and the Brewers, if recent years have shown, uh, they, they, they tend to cool off uh, as the weather gets warmer um, and the summer progresses. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Dodgers, Braves, and Cardinals as the division winners. Um, you know, in, in terms of looking at my crystal ball, uh, I think the Brewers and Mets are still going to be wild cards. I think the Padres are going to grab that last wild card. I wouldn't put it past San Francisco to make an outside run at it or anything like this. We've seen that happen in recent years. The Reds were very close to doing it last year, in fact. Um, but I think ultimately you're going to look at that as the playoff picture. And within that, I'm kind of I'm kind of bullish on the uh, I'm kind of bullish on the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, we just talked about Donovan. We talked about Goldschmidt. Um, I like what they're doing. I like, you know, I just, I think St. Louis is one of the last, like, great baseball towns in the country. There's not many places where baseball is the most popular draw. 
Um, you know, I know the Blues won a Stanley Cup. You know, I know that they don't have a football team anymore. But to me, St. Louis will always be a baseball town. Um, and the Cardinals, for most of my life, have been relevant every year, even if they're not winning the World Series like they did in 2006 or 2011. If they're not going to the World Series like they did in 2004 or in uh, 2013, they are still a still a relevant free agent destination. Um, you know they're going to make they're going to be buyers at the deadline in you know two or three weeks. I know that for a fact, um, especially if they're competing with Milwaukee for the division. So I'm bullish on the St. Louis Cardinals this year. What Goldschmidt and Donovan are doing, the rest of that team, the pool holes and Molina, farewell tour. I think they got it all going for them. So, if we got the Cardinals and the Blue Jays in the World Series, that would be a great early 90s throwback. Um, and maybe if it's Braves, Blue Jays, that would be also kind of neat. Um, but ultimately, I mean, baseball, it's really hard to predict. But just to, re- just to recap here, I like Tony Gonsolin as a Cy Young Award winner midseason for the National League. Paul Goldschmidt as the MVP. Brendan Donovan as the Rookie of the Year. In the American League, I like Jeremy Pena as the Rookie of the Year, Aaron Judge as the MVP, and Shane McClanahan as the AL Cy Young Award winner. And we'll see what happens with those Blue Jays and Cardinals. It could end up being a all-birds World Series uh, with Toronto and St. Louis. And unfortunately for the... um, Unfortunately for the Orioles, I don't think they're close to joining that party. All right, well, we're going to fly away from this show. Uh, and just as a quick programming note, uh, I will be pre-taping some specials for the month of July uh, that I'll have out. Those won't be on Facebook Live. But ultimately, we will be trying to get all of our new conventional podcasts out on Facebook live every time they go on. You can find that on facebook.com slash homefieldpod. You can also find us over at Instagram at homefieldpod and on Twitter at homefieldpod. We would love to connect with you over there. Heading into the heading into the summer, like I said, we're going to be doing these specials. The first one we have going on is what I'm going to call the Sporty Awards. And the Sporty Awards are going to be like the ESPYs, except they're not going to take four hours and uh, be full of commercials. So they're going to be quick, brief podcasts. I'm going to start doing these uh, every summer, and then we'll do our year in review every uh, Christmas, New Year's time. But the Sporty Awards will be like the ESPYs. They'll be in the middle of summer. We'll do all the big categories, best female athlete, best male athlete, most improbable win, most uh, dominant team, all that fun stuff. Uh, We'll do that. It will be in two parts. We'll have that out this month. And then we'll also work on some special long-form interviews with some of the guests that we've had in the past. I'm not going to drop any names yet. still working on that. Uh, But the month of July... Probably early August is going to be full of full of a lot of these specials. Of course, we'll talk about any recent uh, Major League Baseball topics. In fact, there's one 
that I want to touch on briefly before we close here. Um, another one. Um, we'll also, any big news, if KD decides to get, you know, stay in Brooklyn or if they trade Kyrie or KD, we'll talk about all that NBA, uh, you know, Palace Q drama. Uh, we'll talk about uh, NHL free agency. We got a new Bruins coach who I love, uh, Jim Montgomery. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about all that stuff as the summer progresses, but we will focus on these specials. Uh, but before I go, I do, since it is the 4th of July, want to touch on one thing in particular that I harp on a lot, but I truly think that we have an America's pastime problem with, uh, with baseball. And I've used this, I've gone in the soapbox before, so I'm not going to spend my whole time talking about that. I saw a post today, and it resonated with me. It was from Coach Matt Lyle. He was talking about how he watched um, the movie Sandlot recently, and he realized that the, um, the desire for American youth to go out and play um, which is really what that movie represents. It's not really about baseball. I'm sorry. It's more about coming of age and kids going out to play and learning, you know, how to deal with adversity and uh, adults, I guess, for the first time. Um, but we have a problem in this country with our youth in playing. And, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, get off my lawn, old man yelling at the clouds. But if you think about what that movie represents, which is kids just going out and having a fun time outside and not worrying about travel baseball or screens or any of these other things that are killing youth baseball across the country. You know, they're not worried about the pandemic. They're not worried about social distancing. They're, they're outside playing as kids. And we've let that sort of not be a part of our culture um, in recent years. And I mean, the, the, the baseball attendance among youth in terms of participation has really decreased. Um, and I don't, I don't know, I'm not here to offer solutions. I'm just necessarily, uh, I'm not the only one uh, that feels this way. And I don't know, I don't have all the answers, but I think you know, as we celebrate the 4th of July, we celebrate freedom, the great parts about this country. We also have to remember that baseball and sports writ large play a huge part in the shaping of our culture, in the shaping of our shared value system, in the shaping of our uh, ch childhoods. Um, you know, most people will look back fondly or not so fondly at their youth sports experience. Most people are very polarized about their high school experience. They either loved high school or they hated high school. They either loved their childhood or they hated their childhood. There's not a lot of people who are, and, and I mean, anecdotally speaking, you know, in the middle about all this stuff. And so as we, as we head into this month um, and as we celebrate the 4th of July in the dog days of summer, we have to remember that um, baseball in particular has a special place in the pastime of our youth, especially young boys, but also young girls. I mean, what Little League Softball has been able to do in recent years in terms of growing uh, their footprint um, is, is really uh, 
is really impressive. I wish Little League Baseball was able to do that um, better. We see uh, we see Little League Baseball get replaced by um, you know local travel organizations who you know are, require more of parents uh, in terms of. Uh, financial commitments. I mean, think about how much how much the price of gas is. We see local little league teams folding all the time and merging with other ones that only creates longer commutes and this and that. And like the day, I just don't want the days of you know casual backyard play, whether that's baseball or anything else. To be quite honest, to get replaced by this constant desire for instant gratification. Um, and so I think the Sandlot teaches that story, and I think this Fourth of July, it's a great it's a great excuse to reconnect with, and summertime is a great excuse for this too. It's great 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 opportunity to reconnect with those simpler parts, um, those simpler parts of of life are easier uh, to connect with when you have. Um, when you have like a, a shared uh, pastime and it doesn't have to be baseball, but we just spent 30 minutes talking about baseball and it was on my mind with the sandlot. So that's where I'd like to, that's where I'd like to keep it. All right. I apologize if that was choppy, and maybe incohesive at times, but I think you get my point. We have a lot of opportunities to use sports to unite Americans right now. And I just hope that on our nation's birthday, uh, we take an opportunity to do that again. All right, we'll be back next week with a first part of the Sporty Awards special. We hope you tune in there. As I said earlier, you can follow us on Instagram at HomeFieldPod and on Twitter at HomeFieldPod. We will be back then. Um, We'll be back in a few weeks with a normal Facebook Live show again. We'll resume this. This was fun. Um, But as always, if you're uh, wanting to catch the whole thing, if you're tuning in late, you can follow us. Uh, on those socials and subscribe to us on Apple, iTunes, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're listening on the audio track now, please subscribe and share it with your friends. But I hope you have a great rest of your Independence Day week and weekend. Happy 4th of July. Happy Canada Day previously in the past couple days to all of our Canadian listeners. We are just getting started with this summer here at Home Field Advantage. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the July 4th Independence Day episode of Home Field Advantage. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, and Google. Be sure to also check out Filling Up with Kyle Weasel, our brand new program developed under the Sportland USA podcast. Home Field Advantage, The Morning Ranch, and Filling Up are presented by Sportland USA, and the opinions shared on them do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity.